Hi out there. I'm Pat Paul, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Art Beat Northwest. Every week, we talk with people from the visual arts or the performing arts. And this week, Molly Hashimoto, artist with a newly published book, Birds of the West, an Artist's Guide, which just came out May 1st of this year, is here. And Molly leads plain air watercolor and printmaking workshops at the North Cascades Institute, Yellowstone Forever Institute, Wenatchee River Institute, and Sitka Center for Art and Ecology, and at the Bellevue Botanical Garden, it's already full, (laughs) and at uh, King County Libraries, which we'll talk about later coming up in the year. So that'll be great. You'll have a chance to take some courses from her. And her artwork is widely published in books and journals and calendars. And she has an art show on in Portland right now, too. She has sketched in the outdoors and worked as a plein air artist and teacher for over 20 years. Welcome to the show, Molly. Thank you very much, Pat. And I'm very glad to be here to talk to you. Great. We're so happy you could come by. But. Before we get started with the interview, I want to recommend a local place I visited with a group of friends this weekend. Actually, Molly, you would have liked it too. It was Lakewold Gardens. And it's so beautiful. They have so much sculpture, art, and they have retained so many of the native plants, which are wonderful. The mosses, the maidenhair ferns, the sword ferns, all of that, you know, just wonderful. And and it's actually a nonprofit, and they it's there's a modest fee to get in, but it's not much. Is that one in Tacoma? It's in Tacoma, uh, yes, and uh, it's uh, and there's a beautiful old mansion there. There are a lot of mansions around that lake. The mansion was built in 1919, and it's open year round, no reservations required. And when I was there, they were giving uh, classes on plants. This time it was hydrangeas. And uh, it looked like uh, some really uh, good people were teaching. So I thought, oh, I'm going to come back for that. Now, also, uh, if you haven't seen Wicked, it's here in Seattle again at the Paramount Theater through July 7th. And even if you haven't see, have seen it, you might want to see it again. It, it actually was uh, first had its original debut 13 years ago. I had no idea it was that old. And it has, this version has received great reviews in the in the past. This is the sixth longest running show on Broadway and the most popular musical in the entertainment industry. This is the national tour vision that's stopping in Seattle. This version has 4.5 stars, which is pretty good. So I'm going to go see it tomorrow night. I hope it is good. I'm recommending it anyway. <laughs> we'll be back shortly talking with Molly Hashimoto, artist, who captures native environments in her paints and her prints. Stay tuned to Artbeat Northwest. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side-by-side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry and metalsmithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at Pratt.org. Ready to shake things up? 
Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking with Molly Hashimoto about her art, her books, her teaching, and her appreciation of the natural environment. So now you have this book out and out May 1st. Wonderful, wonderful. What were your inspirations for your book, your last book, Birds of the West? And I know that art in it is a little departure from your last book, uh, which was Colors of the West. Uh, How did this one come about? Um, Colors of the West was strictly watercolor and was based on my travels throughout the West, mostly to national parks, monuments, and wild areas in the West. Many of the sketches and paintings were done on location, plein air painting, as you mentioned earlier. Um, Some of the work in that book I did after I got home. I find that painting outdoors and then painting when you get home is a way of extending the experience. You know, when you get back from a trip, it's not really over. You're continuing to work on it. And I use photos and then some of the notes that I make when I'm on location when I do it that way. Birds of the West is a little bit different because that book was inspired largely by species that I see here in Seattle, where I live. Yeah. I have bird feeders in my yard. Um, I have bird baths, you know, many things that attract birds. So it's a daily occurrence. They aren't necessarily special trips that I make. But I will say that my trips to national parks did get me intrigued with the idea of, wow, there are so many birds out there, some I've never seen. This is a new bird. I am going to get really good at doing birds because I'm so excited. You know, you can get a little jaded by what you see every day, and sometimes it you need the trigger of something unusual to, uh-huh. to get you to understand just how interesting what's in your own backyard is. So I, I started drawing and painting and then I also did printmaking. In fact, I do a lot of etching up at Pratt Fine Arts. And I Yay, lo- Pratt! <laughs> I love their studio. So the, the Birds book has, um, I'll just try to enumerate all the, all the different types of mediums that I use there. Watercolor, pen and pencil, uh, pen and wash, etching, woodblock prints, Regular block prints done on a more easily carved material than wood. Uh, Let's see. What else can I come up with? Well, there's a lot. And in the book, I do show how to do certain of the techniques. Some of them are real technical and you you need a class. Others are much more accessible to all levels, including beginners. So that's part of the book. But the book is organized by habitat. The chapters are all devoted to unique habitats. And I start with backyards and Ah, city parks. Because that's home. Yeah, Backyards and city parks. (laughs) Yeah, so we begin there and then we go on to wetlands. Also, you know, quite common here in the Northwest. We're pretty lucky that way. Yes, we have so many preserved wetlands. Yeah. And then we go on to shoreline and we have so many shorelines. I know. We're just, <laughs> we have all of these. <laughs> we are very, very fortunate here in the Northwest. But it is Birds of the West, so I also go to desert and sagebrush steppe habitats. But you don't have to go far. Just go over the mountains, and I know. there it is. <laughs> we are very fortunate, once again, to have so many different habitats within an easy drive of where we live. Um, 
so in a way, the book can be pretty nice for you if you're interested in where should I go to look for these birds. Um, I don't have really exotic species because they're all birds that, you know, are pretty close at hand. And I, I don't, uh, don't expect people to have to go on a really expensive trip to go find these birds. But since they're arranged by what environment they live in, then if you have the book, you know what birds to look for, too. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and then the other thing I thought about the book, too, is, you know, she mentioned uh, that you use a lot of different techniques, and your art looks so different with the different techniques. With the wood blocks, it looks very uh, bold. And with the watercolors, it looks very soft. And it's hard to think that you're the same painter. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that many times before. And I think an explanation would be a good idea here. Why do I do it? I do it because I don't feel like one single medium is going to express everything that I have to say about birds. And sometimes when you see a new species or you see a bird doing something really unusual... It's, it's a bit of a shock, even. It's a big surprise. And I think a very subtle watercolor with really soft colors, it's not sufficient to express that feeling of surprise. And so I, I feel like I really need to, I needed to branch out, too, in order to express all the things I wanted to say. Now, watercolor is really good for showing a bird in its habitat, the ecosystem in which it lives, because you can do lots with paint painting water, trees, shrubs. It, you know, watercolor lends itself to that. Block prints, not so much. It's more just, wow, you know, surprise, bold, as you it's say. It's very bold, yeah. yes. And I imagine, and some birds are very bold, you know, so I can see where you might want to portray them in a different fashion. That's right. And, and, and I'll say etching, I did an owl with, with an etching medium, and that, w- that gave me the ability to show a lot of the feather groupings and the beauty of all those feathers and the barred markings. Very detailed. Yes, very detailed. So the other thing I really should say is that I'm really curious. Uh, I like to try new things, and I'm just not satisfied with one medium. So do you combine mediums sometimes, too? Well, yes. Some of the block prints, uh, I use oil-based ink and roll it out on the block. Once that oil-based ink is dry, I can tint it by hand with watercolor. So, yes. There you go. Nice combination. So are you a birder as well as an artist? I mean, it seems like you must be. I do really love watching birds, and I go out a lot in search of them, but I don't keep a life list. You know about life lists. Oh, yeah, I really am. I, I think you can be a birder without keeping a life list. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just happy to see them, and I love the colors. For me, it's all about the beauty, and uh, I think birds are the most beautiful creatures in the world. And, uh, you know, Charles Darwin thought that, too. He, he wrote, oh, he, did. he did, you know, it wasn't one of his more widely accepted theories, but he did have a theory about the aesthetics of birds. And, and uh, he said that apart from human beings, bird had a, birds had a taste for the beautiful like no other species. 
Interesting. Yeah. Now, this book is actually kind of a course in painting birds with many, many tutorials. So I think artists would want to know that. Um, can you explain how these mini tutorials go throughout the book? Sure. Um, probably the most complete of the tutorials is the block printing one, where I show how I created the block print of a hairy woodpecker that I saw up in the North Cascades. I a bold bird. <laughs> very bold. And I saw it uh, at on the campus of the Environmental Learning Center of the North Cascades Institute. One morning, very early, I was walking around with a cup of tea, and there it was. And I was very excited by it. So I tell the story, and then I also show how I did the block print, beginning with a kind of a bold marker and color sketch, and then translate it to a drawing and uh, transfer it to a block, carve the block, ink it up, press press the print, and um, then finally when the, when the print is dry, tint it with watercolor. So that one's very, very step-by-step. Many of the other ones are not step-by-step. and They're just... Uh... Just basic, pointers, was yeah, probably about yes, painting. Tips, tips and techniques. Yeah. So now, how do you capture birds in a plain air setting? I mean, um, that's a don't very you have to take, good question. I mean, they're so quick. <laughs> you you must have uh, you you must take photographs and absolutely. I don't know what all else. Uh, yes. Have some birds in captive captivity somewhere. Or, um, You've got it. You, you've you got the the answers right there. I take a lot of photographs, and very occasionally I do life drawing. So one of the best places to go if you want to do that is either the zoo or, as I did in the book and I talk about it, I went to um, the Seattle Aquarium, and they have a, a shorebird exhibit that's wonderful. Oh, really? And they have a tufted puffin, curlew, Oh, all kinds of wonderful species that are really fun to watch. And I, I drew them from life there. Oh, marvelous. So the zoo and the aquarium have helped you out, along with, I imagine you take a lot of photos. Lots of photos, but I'm no professional. Yeah. Not a professional photographer at all. <laughs> well, it, if you're just using them for reference, you right. know, it's, you know, whatever. It, whatever you can get out in nature is, is fine. Um, now what medium right now are you the fondest of, or do you just kind of go back and forth? I'm just curious. (laughs) That's another question that people do ask me frequently, and I have no favorite. I like all of them, and I don't intend to give any of them up. Well, that's a good thing, because it makes you more versatile, right? Yes. So let's go to, let's go to your other book, which came out like a couple of years ago. It's Mm -hmm. not that old, because I just... Yeah, September 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And it's called uh, Colors of the West, An Artist's Guide to Nature's Palette. And this is the one where you did most of it really on site, right? Much of it. And that one's organized by color. And so, you know, for instance, in the red section, I go to red rock areas in the gold section, I spent a lot of time in Yellowstone and places in Montana, the upper Missouri River. Uh, the green section, well, that's kind of easy here in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. 
uh, yeah, that one was so much fun to write because it, it was uh, the reflection of 25 years of traveling. That's where our family took most of our vacations, to national parks. So I just had a wealth of uh, information in my head and, and books that I'd bought. I mean, my favorite thing to do when I go anywhere is to buy books and read up on places. Oh, that's great. I, I love to do that, too. Um, so what do you take with you? Do you have a little set of watercolors and then a little easel? I do. and yes. And would you recommend that for people who are out hiking to bring some watercolors with them or sketching or sure. why would that be important on a hike to to maybe uh, sketch some of the things you've seen instead of just taking you know one selfie with a tree behind you or whatever <laughs> you know I find slowing down is crucial it's real easy to get into this oh, I've got to get there mentality but you know if you just stop you will see and hear things that you would never have heard or seen had you not stopped. And you don't really have to spend that much time uh, on a sketch. Sometimes I will just do a pencil sketch and make a lot of notes about color, light direction, uh, weather conditions. Um, yeah, you don't and even do have you to stop that long to do, do it. Do you think you see things a little more meaningfully when you're drawing than if you're just passing by? Or like a lot of people, they like to hike really fast. That is true. You I know. know. I and, know. And why, you know? Well, I think there are different purposes in going outdoors. You know, I think all the really active sports are wonderful. But I think at times it's good to slow down. And I think memories get, I think, more securely planted in your brain if you actually write something or draw something about something that you've seen or experienced. And I think also it's really important for all of us to value the natural world right now. And I think anything that we can do to bring ourselves out of ourselves, meeting it halfway, so to speak, mm -hmm. is crucial right now. Yes. Our natural world is something that really needs to be emphasized with everyone, isn't it? But listen, it's already time for a break. We've been here talking with Molly Hashimoto, artist, teacher, and environmentalist, it sounds like, on Art Beat Northwest. We'll be right back after this message. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Featuring a school of over 400 glass fish from makers around the world. School, the Joseph Rossano Salmon Project, highlights the plight of global salmon and steelhead populations and recognizes current conservation efforts. See it at BAM from April 12th through August 11th and save the date for the 2019 Artful Event Auction Gala on Saturday, June 29th. Artful Evening is BAM's most fun, festive, and important fundraising event of the year, supporting world-class exhibitions and essential community programming. Get tickets and learn more at BellevueArts.org. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. We're here talking with Molly Hashimoto about her art, her books, teaching, and appreciation of the natural environment. Uh, and your focus has often been on national parks, especially uh, in your Colors of the West book. Uh, why is that? 
obviously you'd like the National Park. Yeah. Um, I just get so inspired when I go there. There, The usual distractions seem to be missing there. You will not have necessarily access to all of your devices, and it's quieter. Um, there's so many reasons to go there. And for me, visually, it's just so stimulating because they were they were established as national parks because someone decades ago decided that these places were precious and deserve to be protected from development. Yeah, thank heaven, huh? Because yes. they're so great. Well, what are your most uh, what are your favorite places in the Northwest here to go out and paint? Well, I think my favorite is the North Cascades National Park. It is among the quieter of all the national parks in the United States, and I love that quiet. I also love my association with the North Cascades Institute, whose purpose is to educate young people and uh, teach them a conservation ethic. So I love all the work that I do with them, and I teach adults there. Uh, mm. So each year I do a class, and it's a very special place to me. I think it's this will be my 15th year teaching for Oh, them. that's a long time. Yeah. To go up there and see the larches at Washington Pass turn gold in October is those one of those precious experiences that I, I hope everybody can have sometime. And then Mount Rainier, definitely. Oh, Mount Rainier is always so many flowers out there uh, a lot of the time. I don't know if you... I'm oh, sure yeah. you capture them now and then. <laughs> yeah, I love the wildflower meadows. And, you know, in fall, it's pretty spectacular, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you do a lot of uh, hiking and walking around in the forest, which is great. Now, when you were growing up, did you spend a lot of time drawing or did this kind of develop with adulthood? Yeah, I did. Um, I did a lot of cartoons of my pets oh. and my family, which is, I think, how a lot of kids start out in art. Ah, but then you didn't go to school for art. No, I was an English major, went to graduate school, studied English literature, but always continued drawing and painting with the help of some classes that I would take on the side, you know, while I was working. Never have stopped doing art my whole life. So it's just a Wonderful. personal passion. Oh, that's great. But it's kind of been your central passion, right? It and your writing is, of course, you know, that's your other background, but it all has to do with your art. So. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Now tell me about your uh, art show that's on right now. And uh, the Elizabeth Jones Art Center, that sounds like such an interesting place because they really focus on environmental art and that's down in Portland. Yes. Yeah, we just opened the show last or a couple of weeks ago and it's a an exhibit of 12 of my bird prints and it will be up till August 19th. And uh, I urge ev everyone to if you're in Portland to stop by the gallery because they have a lot of really wonderful artists who have that same focus on the environment. And that's so wonderful. I don't know of another uh, gallery up here that it exactly does that. I so, don't either. I say, so, yeah, I've, I hope we will get one. And you've done a lot of other th things besides uh, just, well, not just, besides these two books, so much in the field of education. 
but also books for children, uh, then uh, wonderful calendars with John Muir uh, sayings on, I mean, really quite wonderful things. Have you enjoyed doing those too? Yeah, and I have to thank my publisher, Pomegranate Communications. They were uh, established in California in 1968, and they moved up to Portland about I think seven years ago, and they have a worldwide distribution of all of their work. They they uh, publish a lot of really terrific artists, both uh, contemporary and some you know historically significant artists. But it's been really great to work with them all these years. It's probably been almost thirty years that I've been working with them. Oh, great! Well, now they must have a lot of your things at their press, or you know, if you are going to get, I know you have. Uh, the Young Naturalist Sketchbook. That sounds great for kids. Uh, then Trees and uh, Birds and Blooms, both uh, board books for kids. Yeah. Uh, and then Season by Season, Birds. So you've got, what, three board books? I'm um, just two two of the board books. One of The Trees one is coming out soon. Oh, it's not out yet. Not oh, quite it's coming out. out. Watch for that. And then you have a wall calendar coming up for 2020 even. Yeah. So that's going to be really good uh, to see. Um, so what, where would you suggest we go to find your books? Uh, I love Third Place Books in Seattle, also University Bookstore, Elliott Bay Books. Those three would be really good places to go. Okay. And they all have your books and they have some of your other things also? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I'm sure that uh, you've had fun doing these books, and they're really fun to read, and I encourage all of our listeners to go to some of these bookstores and look over Molly Hashimoto's two books that have just come out. Why don't you get the two titles again? Okay, the most recent one is Birds of the West, An Artist's Guide. and Especially good for artists, of course. Yeah, and... The, the previous book is Colors of the West, An Artist's Guide to Nature's Palette. Okay. We'll be looking for those. But, yeah, we're running out of time. But thank you so much for coming and talking with us, Molly. And um, it was just great. Thank you so much, Pat. Great. And be sure to listen in, folks, every Tuesday at 5 p.m., for more wonderful people like Molly on Artbeat Northwest, news and views of the local art scene. I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great creative week out in the environment, right? Yeah. That's the best. 